Have you ever dropped something, perhaps a small figurine, very fragile? You saw it fall out of your hands and you were horrified as you watched it smash on that tile floor, just shattered into fragments. It's ruined, you think. There's just no getting it back. Or perhaps you got distracted while driving. That happens a lot anymore. We are easily distracted. And instead of gently braking for that car that stopped in front of you, you look up just in time to see the collision. Some of you know about that. Or maybe there's that moment when you know you should not have said it, but you said it anyway and you hurt the person you love. It just came out of your mouth. And if you could take it back, you could, but the damage is done. Things like that happen to us, and we cannot undo them. These are things that can be painful, leaving us with regret, regret or perhaps shame, perhaps even unable to forgive ourselves. But thankfully, God has a very different opinion when we mess up, when we fall short. And more importantly, God can do what we may believe is impossible. God can restore Scripture is very clear about that. And I believe that's exactly what the psalmist was thinking about when he wrote, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God, let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears, given them the tears to drink in full measure. You make us the scorn of our neighbors. Our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. That last phrase, asking God to restore us, it actually appears three times in the 80th chapter of the book of Psalms. Three times. It's really important. They need it. We need it. It's perfectly clear, though, that in spite of the pain and the humiliation and the scorn that's being written about, that the hope for resolution is restoration. Nothing but complete restoration. But just like that drop figurine, that smash car, or those awful words, the writer knows There's no magic eraser. It can't just wipe it out. But it can be undone. It can be restored. The subtlety of that word is very powerful and very important. Restoration, as it turns out, reveals what is really there. So let me show you a video that I think illustrates what I'm talking about. Watch this.
that incredible restoration sometimes I feel like that painting of my life's been encrusted covered over by well my mistakes my sin those times that I've fallen and messed up but restoration is that great gift of God restoration means to put back or to bring back into existence it's not a small word it's a powerful word to put back so it can be used again it's a medical term. It's used to describe the setting of a broken bone. And But when applied to a Christian, one of us that's turned away from the Lord, it means to restore the person's former relationship with the Lord. You hear that? To restore that relationship with God. Not to return you to your form, former position. We don't want to go back to that place where we were falling and messing up. But this is reestablishing the most precious relationship of all with the Lord. So restoration is most of all a spiritual act. It's not a business transaction. And in this season of Advent, we're focusing on hope. One of the great gifts that God has given to the world, that God has given to all of us. And if we understand the miracle of how God can restore us, then we have hope. See, the most broken life, the worst life, the most corrupted life can be restored. That is the power of God. So hope is essential to every one of us. Every one of us, because as Paul says, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And it's in the miracle of restoration that we find healing. Our sin may break us, but restoration makes us new. When I was 15 years old... I was attending football practice, and in a collision with another player, my femur, you know the femur, it's the longest and strongest bone in your body, my femur was broken. It was a bad break right above my knee. It left me in a cast for three months, a year of physical therapy. The goal, though, was for me to be able to use my leg again, in spite of the scar tissue, in spite of this severe injury to my leg. I remember well the day they cut off the cast, and this was 1968, so you remember what casts were like then. They were those heavy plaster things. They cut it off, and for the first time in months, I saw my leg, and it was weak, it was swollen, and I could not bend it, not in the least. So then began the therapy. Slowly, slowly over a year, I regained the strength and flexibility. And after a year of intense work, My leg, which was once broken and weak, actually became my strongest leg. It was stronger than before the break. And if you took an x-ray, it would reveal this bright white line right along the old fracture. But you know what I learned? That the bone there was stronger than it had ever been before. The miracle of restoration My leg was restored, not like what it was before. There was still that scar. 
But there was also that yet-to-be-realized strength that had come along. Once again, I could walk and run and climb stairs. I was so happy I could do those things. And still, there were those times my leg was sore and ached a little. But folks, my leg was restored. It was healed. I thought about that. I thought, how much more important is the restoration that God offers us? Scripture is full of stories of restoration. That's why I love reading the Bible. These are stories that are put there so we can believe in the power of God to restore us, me and you. Stories to heal us. For instance, the story that's found in Genesis 37. You know it well, the story of Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. And in Egypt, Joseph is a slave to Potiphar. But then Joseph is thrown into prison when Potiphar's wife lied about Joseph after he refused her seduction. But by interpreting Pharaoh's dreams, Joseph found favor with Pharaoh. He eventually is placed, believe it or not, is second in command in Egypt. Well, this put Joseph in a position to help his family. See, God not only restored Joseph, but he gave him an opportunity to forgive his brothers, to reconcile with his family. Joseph could see the restoring hand of God in his life. That's such an important story. Or how about this one from John chapter 4, where we read about Jesus journeying with his disciples through Samaria. They stop along the way at Jacob's well. Jesus encounters a Samaritan woman and then ends up breaking all the cultural norms by talking with her. Not only was it unheard of for a man to speak to a woman in public, but Jews hated Samaritans. Following a simple request for a drink, Jesus revealed what was broken in her life. This woman had had five husbands, and even now the man she was living with was not her husband, and she had been rejected by her own community. Yet, Jesus not only spoke to her, but ends up having this deep theological truth discussion of truth with her. And in her encounter with Jesus, this woman finds acceptance and forgiveness. She finds grace, and all of that is restoration. You see, Jesus did not define her by her past, but he saw her as someone made in God's image, worthy of love. That's the power of restoration. Because God always offers a chance for a new life, and that gift restores us. Some believe God is angry. There are plenty of people who do. That God is holding our sins against us. But restoration is that which says differently. Paul, in writing to the church in Corinth, shares this good news. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting counting people's sins against them. Folks, it is simple, plain spoken, that the reconciling work of God is a means to our restoration. In other words, if you can see yourself as God sees you, then you have hope. And what a wonderful gift that is. President Abraham Lincoln was once asked how he would treat the rebellious Southerners when they were defeated. And he said, I will treat them as if they had never been away. I read that and I thought, he's been reading the Gospels. 
He knows the story of the prodigal son. It is our story when we are lost and then found when God moves in to restore us, not to condemn us. And today, every one of us is invited to experience God's restorative and healing power. Right here at this table, table of grace. All of you are invited to the Lord's table. And here we find that by his stripes, we are healed. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of restoration. That same gift that the psalmist prayed for is what you offer to us today. So come and heal our brokenness, drive away the darkness, and let us live in your light, the light of forgiveness, of new life, as we walk with you in this journey. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. In my first year of ministry, it was a Friday afternoon, I was at the church by myself. A gentleman walked in, he said, I need to see a pastor. He was huge. He had muscles on top of muscles, and he had the most expensive suit I'd ever seen. He said, I need to talk to you privately. We went into the sanctuary, and he began to tell a story of shame. He said, I've done terrible things. He admitted that he worked with some pretty bad folks down in Miami, some awful people. And the things he did were not the kind of thing that any of us would ever want to hear about. He had hurt a lot of people and done worse. He said, there is no going back. God could never forgive me. I said, you don't know the same God I do. You don't know the power of God. Certainly you need to stop. You need to repent, to put it behind you and turn and go the other way. But God can restore you. And that conversation that day was the turning point in his life. The Holy Spirit had gotten hold of him. But it was the power of restoration, forgiveness and grace that turned his life around. Any life, any person, any circumstance, God offers that same gift to. So go with the power of God's restoration in your hearts. And be restored and offer that gift to others as you go in peace and go in love. Amen.